Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Jason Day, and I welcomed Greg Atkinson to the podcast this week. Greg is the founder of Worship Impressions and the First Impressions Conference. He's an author, leadership coach, consultant, and member of the Forbes Coaching Council. Greg has worked with churches of all stages and sizes, including some of the largest and fastest growing churches in the country, and he is passionate about helping churches welcome people through hospitality ministries. In this episode, Greg and I discuss the challenges and opportunities of first impression ministries in our current physical and digital church world. We talk about the importance of communicating the why behind hospitality, and Greg shares some simple ideas your church can implement to engage newcomers. Many great insights that you can put into practice at your church, so please join me in my conversation with Greg Atkinson. Greg, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. It's so good to have you with us today. Glad to be here. Thank you. Greg, your your passion in ministry is hospitality and first impressions. You know, the idea of making people feel welcomed to the church, engaging with people as they walk through the doors or as they join, uh, you know, a service online. And in our current world, due to the COVID crisis, there are uh, all kinds of challenges. Um, and there are also many opportunities. And you're going to help us uh, by addressing some of those today. But before we move in that direction, Greg, can you talk to us a bit about why hospitality ministry is so vital? Yeah, you know, in a lot of my speaking and writing, I talk about it being a biblical mandate that, you know, all throughout scripture, we are told to welcome the stranger. Some translations say to welcome the newcomer, um, to practice and show hospitality. Uh, and this is from Old Testament to New Testament, from Old Testament Leviticus, welcome the stranger, to uh, Hebrews, um, do not neglect to show hospitality. Jesus himself said, uh, you know, I was uh, a stranger and you welcomed me in that same language of welcoming the stranger. And so um, I, and, and, you know, in, if you look at uh, Timothy and Titus, the qualifications of an elder, you know, just to be a pastor, uh, one of the qualifications is to be hospitable. So it seems to me that God takes hospitality pretty seriously and it's a true mark of a Christ follower. Yeah. And Greg, you work with churches all across um, the, the country here in the U.S. On, on this specifically. And as you said, you've written a lot. You speak at, at a lot of conferences. You host your own conference that focuses on this specifically. Uh, I, I'm just curious, as you work with churches, on kind of the scale of, let's say, ministry priorities, where do you find most churches are placing hospitality and first impressions? Man, that's a good question. I've never been asked that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's good. You know, so I would say for the average church across the board, it's pretty low. Uh, I started the First Impressions Conference and uh, a weekend worship and guest services, a First Impressions focused Facebook group to raise awareness. And my stated goal from the very beginning, my not hidden agenda was that it would uh, raise the importance and elevate the importance of this position for senior pastors so that 
uh, a lot of my network being lead pastors and senior pastors that as they come across my Facebook group and my work and my writing and my books and the podcast and the uh, conference that they would see a need to staff for this because most churches don't. But my, my hope is that um, my legacy, when it's all said and done, you know, 20 years from now, um, kind of like we can, we can remember a day where uh, church communications at the local church was a, a church secretary that created the bulletin. And that was, that was pretty much it. You had a secretary who made a, created a bulletin each week and printed that off. Whereas now um, tons of churches have church communication directors. And so my, my hope is that down the road, churches will have first impressions directors or guest services directors, and that uh, we will be able to look back and say, you know, there was a day where churches didn't staff for this. And, you know, it could be a volunteer position, could be part-time, could be full-time. Uh, the churches that I consult with, they have full-time staff because uh, I work with large churches. But uh, what I will say is those that do staff for it and those that do take it seriously, the common denominator is they are fast-growing churches. And so the churches that I work with always make your outreach magazine. Uh, <laughs> I love checking out the outreach mag magazine, largest church list and fastest growing church list. Cause I sit there and count how many churches I've worked with. Um, and I even have pictures of them on my business website of, um, where they rank on the outreach, uh, list. But, um, what, what I've found it, and I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's just connecting dots. These churches that staff for first impressions and take it seriously and, and uh, are hungry to reach guests and to reach the loss and to reach the unchurched and to reach their community, they grow. And uh, it's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. They grow because they're being very intentional. But um, I would say by far, most churches don't staff for that. And so that's kind of what my work is, is to uh, raise awareness and to encourage pastors to see it as important. Yeah, that's good, Greg. And, and as you mentioned, the vast majority of, of churches um, across across the country um, aren't aren't mega churches. We know that, right? Mega churches right. make a very, very, very small percentage of churches. So really the, you know, the normal church is a much smaller, you know, kind of community church. And yet the first impressions, hospitality, guest services ministry is important for churches of any size. Can you talk a little bit about what does that, um, what does that look like for a, a smaller church, and we're going to get into kind of the the digital world and the the physical world, in person world, in a moment because of everything that we've faced in 2020. But um, I just I just want to encourage you know churches of average size that aren't making those big lists as to what can they do, just kind of simply, or, or how can they make this an emphasis, even if they don't have you know the budget or the funding to staff someone in that particular position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as we both know, you know, the average church in North America is 200 people or less. I'm a part of a, a inner city church plant of about 50 people. If it was a really packed day, we would have 60. Um, and we have a first impressions director who I coach and mentor and oversee, and they've read my book. And um, 
I have have invested in them. I don't I don't lead it at my own church. I just uh, I I pour into various staff, whether it be children's or worship or first impressions, and then encourage the pastor and and, and help him. But um, but the um, the church is a small church. However, we see the importance of it. Um, what I will say, sometimes I like to reverse engineer, and that is to look at a very large church. So when, when I do my first impressions conference, and we're coming up on the fourth one, each year we have heard from very large church staff, um, giga church staff that um, lead large first impressions ministries of thousands of volunteers. Because I think if you reverse engineer and rewind it back and say, okay, so they have somebody over this and this and this and this and this. How can we do this in our setting? I'd rather look at, let's see it as large as it can get and then rewind it back and see how we do it in our context and how it would flesh out in a smaller community. But um, last year at uh, our First Impressions Conference, we heard from Elevation Church and we heard from Eagle Brook Church. Both are in the top 10 largest churches in the country. And in talking with them, and, and this is uh, in person, face-to-face, me walking and talking with them in person, both Elevation and Eagle Brook in Minneapolis said, I said, when you, la- when you launch a new campus, because they're multi-site, when you launch a new campus, what staff do you start out with? And both started out with guest services directors. Um, they would have a children's person, a worship person, a campus pastor, and guest services it's that important. And so I, I look at reverse engineering and thinking, well, if these large churches that have obviously doing something right to, to have grown so quickly and exponentially and, and have such a major footprint in their region, if, they, if, if we can learn from them, what are they doing well? And what is it that they're doing that is causing them to see such growth? And um, uh, you could say success, you know, as far as reaching their community. Um, well, when they start a campus, they staff for first impressions, for guest services. And so how we took that back and reverse engineered it at my small church plant of 50 people, we said, we're going to have a volunteer over first impressions. And we printed up greeter t-shirts, black t-shirts that say hello. And, um, we have people outside that welcome you and we have uh, parking lot signs that we got from um, uh, companies like Outreach that uh, when you drive down the uh, driveway going towards the church building, there's signs, yard signs and flags and banners and, and all of that because we wanted to invest in that first impression and to make it a welcoming experience. Yeah, that, that's that's awesome, and um, it's it's so important to to see that a church of any size, um, you know, you can you can do something um, in this in this area, and the importance, and I would say even um, in many ways, when you're thinking of a church plant or a small church that's looking at um, trying to revitalize and reengage with the community, if you have uh, you know, if you're making the efforts to to connect and reach new people, then when they walk onto your campus or they walk into your 
church for the first time, you definitely want to have a welcoming experience because um, oftentimes people are coming, you know, from uh, maybe no background of church as they walk through the doors and, right. you know, it can be disorienting. So, so I mean, every church, as you've mentioned, um, needs to be prayerfully considering how this is a part of the ministry they do, especially if they're wanting to reach new people, right? Right. I always say that, that uh, church guests are fearful skeptical and anxious they're they're fearful they're anxious they're they're a little nervous they're worried and they're skeptical what do they want from me is this a cult do they just want my money they have a lot of nerves and so andy stanley has done a lot of great writing in books like deep and right wide where he talks about uh removing obstacles and barriers and anything that would stand in the way of somebody encountering the living god and so so for us to break down walls and barriers and remove distractions so that this fearful, anxious, skeptical uh, guest can uh, have a a God experience and and meet their creator uh, is such a great um, opportunity. You know, I I am celebrating my 26th year in ministry. I started in 1994, and I have served as a worship leader, worship pastor. I've served as a technical director and producer, and I've served as a campus pastor overseeing two multi-site churches and um, kind of uh, have seen all throughout uh, everything it takes to pull off a Sunday morning from worship to production to campus pastor and hosting. And what I have learned over uh, these 26 years is um it's, you know, it's been said over and over and over again. Some people say seven minutes, some people say 10 minutes, but if you're gracious and let's say it's 10 minutes, somewhere in the first 10 minutes, people make up their mind whether or not they're going to come back. That's long before I've stood up to lead worship. It's long, long, long before the pastor stood up to um, preach the sermon. And so when you realize how important a first impression is and there's a lot of writing out there and studies that show that people actually make up their mind about somebody and make up, make a first impression in milliseconds. It's like the flapping of a hummingbird wing uh, milliseconds. They make up their mind, but in the first 10 minutes, um, you know, my friend Mark Waltz in his book um, first impressions years ago said that somewhere between the parking lot and the children's ministry check-in Um, they're making up their mind and they need to know they matter to us before they hear they matter to God. When they get in the service and they hear the message and they hear the good news of the gospel, they're going to find out they matter to God, but they need to know they matter to us first uh, in those first 10 minutes. And so Tom Rainer, you know, uh, wrote a book uh, a couple years ago on uh, guest services and uh, becoming a welcoming church and he did a study where he interviewed guests of churches that had left. And he, he uh, it was a large LifeWay research study trying to find out why these guests had left the church. And they said that once they got past the uh, parking lot and the greeters and the ushers and they sat down in the auditorium, nobody talked to them. Hmm. Uh, nobody came up and welcomed them, that they just sat there lonely and in silence waiting for the service to begin and it didn't feel friendly and genuine and authentic once they had got past the professional greeters so it's it's everybody together it's not just your first impressions team it's your congregation and that's why so many churches which i wrote about 
in uh, my new book that we did with outreach and churchleaders.com, uh, the hospitality handbook, I have a chapter on section hosts. And that's where you just kind of own your section and realize if there's somebody new sitting in your section that you've never seen before so that you can go and reach out to them and strike up a conversation with them. Yeah, that's good. So important. Now, now, Greg, I want to kind of shift a little bit because one of the the big <laughs> topics, um, that's an understatement, that, that we've been wrestling with is this entire COVID crisis and its impact um, on the on the world as a whole, but specifically its impact on the church and, and how we are doing ministry and um, the, the challenges, the, the opportunities that um, it has presented to the church. And uh, the COVID crisis has meant that many churches have been meeting online. Right, and uh, many churches made that shift whenever we cannot meet in person, and a lot of churches made that shift kind of um, at the same time. Um, but now, as doors are being reopened, um, you know that that's happening at a different rate um, depending on where you live um, in the country, here in the U.S. or around the world. You know where you live, what the restrictions are, those types of things. So there's not just like a, you know, flip a switch and everyone's you know back in into church. And in fact, many studies have been done. Uh, you know, over the recent recent weeks and recent months, uh, as churches are reopening, just to find out like how many people are actually stepping through the doors, coming to in person gatherings, and and most of those studies that that uh, we've seen, you know, show somewhere between thirty to forty percent of of people are actually coming to the in person gatherings. Right. Um. So I want to talk a little bit because I, I'm sure this is kind of a, a pressing question for many, many pastors, and, and again, churches of all sizes, you know, churches that never did any online ministry before began streaming, many began streaming their worship gatherings, and and so there's this, uh, you know, churches are wrestling through this idea of, well, we have some people in person, some people online, um, what, does, what does that mean for um, churches as they think about first impressions? Well, you know, now we always have people uh, watching us through the lens of a camera. Uh, I have, I have done a lot of webinars recently to try to help churches as they think through reopening and reentry. And uh, one of the things I talk about is my friend Jeff Reed talks about digital, physical, and digital. That we're in this digital world now. And uh, I did a talk for. Um, a friend of mine's church online summit. It was a, a global conference on online church. And I talked about, uh, you know, when that day comes when you can gather back together and you're so excited and you got, and it's only going to be 30%, like you said, of your congregation that shows up. That's what study after study after study and survey has shown. Uh, it's only about 30% of the people that actually come back. But, um, and then Tom Rayner yesterday sent out an email saying that, going forward, he is predicting that um, uh, 20% of the pre-COVID attendance will never come back. So for whatever you were, if you were a church of 500 or a church of 1,000 or a church of 200, Tom Rayner said 20% will never come back um, when this is all over. And so we have to start living in this physical world and recognizing that people are going to gather uh, online. And so I said, when you um, when you stand up in front of your congregation and you're so excited to see them and you say, good morning, it's so good to see you, you want to add. Uh, and for those of you tuning in online, we are so glad you're, you're, cho you're choosing to, to worship with us and always you know, look at the camera and welcome them and acknowledge them. It's that avatar concept 
from the movie Avatar, I see you, I see you. And, um, you know, little practical things like introducing yourself, you know, when you have a global audience and you have people turning in from all over, um, I see way too much. And I've seen this in my travels over the years as a secret shopper where a pastor will just stand up and start speaking and he never introduces himself. And I'm sure guests are thinking, and I have thought that many times over the years in consulting, is this a guest speaker? Is this a student pastor? Is this a teaching pastor? Is this the executive pastor? Or is this the lead pastor? And so to stand up and say, hey, my name's Greg Atkinson. I'm the lead pastor here. I wanna welcome you here. And um, just just kind of tell them who you are before you dive in. But um, with the reality, you know, my, my home church, uh, you know, we, we've had quite the experience. I, I'm not going back for a long time. The last time I was in church physically, I was consulting in Baltimore, March 7th and 8th uh, that weekend. And then um, things where I am in the Carolinas opened up a little bit quicker in the South and our church started meeting back out of our church plant of 50. Only 12 people came back and I was watching online and, um, and then a few weeks later, uh, the senior pastor, his wife, his son, and his cousin all got COVID and they had to shut back down. Mm. Uh, his wife is still very sick. She's been to the ER twice and she just can't shake it and uh, is struggling to recover. But, um, and I've seen that, you know, over being an admin, I, I have two Facebook groups that comprise about 20,000 people. And in the two Facebook groups where I can get a pulse and see what's happening around the country and around the world, uh, I have seen church after church after church that opened up and then shut back down because they had a COVID outbreak. And so I say that to say not in a negative way, but to say you're going to always need to rely on your online campus, uh, whether it be the 70% of people that aren't coming back when you're meeting in person, or if you have to shut down and go back exclusively online again, or if you're not, you still have not been able to open up and you've been online this whole time, you want to always um, uh, focus on the online campus as well and include them. And uh, Life Church, through their open resources, has put out some great resources with online um, chat hosts and uh, online uh, pastor job descriptions. And they have a lot of free resources that help staff uh, help help. Um, uh, equip and educate people that are leading online campuses. And it's a good way for your volunteers to get involved. If you used to have greeters and ushers and you're not meeting on Sunday to have them be involved in the chat and to be an online host. But um, it's the world we're in now, digital, physical and digital. Yeah. And Greg, I, let's dig in a little bit on, on kind of the practical, um, you know, when it comes to first impressions online. What are um, some great ways that you've seen churches ministering uh, to those people who are joining them, uh, you know, per, purely on the digital platform? Yeah, uh, a couple things I mentioned, you know, I'm passing, you know, avatar concept, I see you, to recognize them, to acknowledge them, to welcome them, two, to introduce yourself, three, I would use uh, multiple hosts, multiple faces online. I was watching uh, J.D. Greer's church, uh, the Summit Church in the Raleigh-Durham area, and they are a multi-site church. And so throughout the entire morning experience online, they had several of their campus pastors do a welcome or an announcement or a scripture reading. And so I was seeing all these different faces besides just the lead pastor. You know, if you, if you hear 
the same voice for too long, people start to tune out and our attention spans online are a lot shorter. And so if you can mix up who's on camera and who's speaking and who's sharing and who's doing announcements and who's, who's hosting and who's doing a welcome and who's doing the response, if you can mix that up, uh, that week that I watched the Summit Church with J.D. Greer, he broke his message up into three parts and he preached part one and then they sang a song and he preached part two and they sang a song. He preached part three and they sang a song. And so he was very intentional to break it up. He was in a hallway at a bistro table. He wasn't in a large empty auditorium that would feel weird. And so he was in a small intimate setting. I've seen guys in their living room. I saw Brian Houston from Hillsong in his living room. I saw Jensen Franklin in his living room. And so just trying to be real and authentic and genuine and opening people, uh, your doors of your home and let, letting them come in. A lot of churches are going to microsites or house churches or watch parties where they get together in small groups and watch the online experience. And so um, anything you can do to, um, to increase engagement, you know, people like Carrie Newhoff and Andy Stanley have been saying for years now to not focus so much on attendance, but engagement. And uh, what's interesting is, you know, I was joking with somebody recently on a webinar, um, you know, back, you know, even growing up for me in the 80s, um, just because somebody was in church sitting in a pew did not mean they were engaged. I mean, you could hear people snoring. You could hear, <laughs> you could hear people um, getting elbowed by their spouse saying, you know, wake up, wake up. And so just because you're taking up a seat in the auditorium doesn't mean you're engaged. You could be sleeping through a service in person and fully awake and engaged online. And so online and in person doesn't, doesn't mean one is more spiritual or one is more uh, engaging than the other. Um, we're, we've always had people that were just pew warmers that sat there and took up a, a, a pew, but they were spaced out and they weren't paying attention. And so, um, but uh, with, with online, people have a little shorter attention span because they can get up and go cook a Pop-Tart or they can go to the restroom or they can go fix a drink or make coffee. And so um, how you structure that service is very important to keep their attention. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm wondering, Greg, if there are some ways that you see churches doing first impressions um, online, the online space, that aren't connected directly to like a weekend worship gathering? Are there other ways that churches are focusing on this idea of guest services in the digital realm, um, you know, other times throughout the week? Yeah, uh, Sunday morning and throughout the week, uh, I, I see a lot of churches. I was looking at Chad the other day at um, Elevation and Alan George at Life Church. I watched numerous churches over the weekend and um, they're both great chat uh, online pastors that welcome people and are so personal and pastoral and relational and authentic and genuine. Um, that translates in a first impressions world, just being genuine and relatable, relational and approachable. Uh, just, I've always said the best uh, tool we have in our tool belt is a smile. And so being able to see people welcome you uh, something that we've done in the first impressions world for years is connection cards, 
where we, we want people to fill out a connection card so we can get their data, we can get their information, and we can follow up with them and help get them assimilated into the local church, help get them plugged in so they can take their next step and grow in spiritual maturity, whatever that next step may be. And so a lot of churches in this physical, digital world are um, encouraging people to either text in to a number, whether it be a texting uh, connection card or fill out an online connection card. I mentioned on another podcast, uh, one thing I've seen that's worked well for a lot of churches is to have a, a digital connection card that lives on your homepage throughout the week. Um, one thing that's that's uh, different about this season is you don't have to have church Sunday morning at 11 a.m. You can have playback all throughout the week. And so I did a blog post months ago about how the your church's homepage should change. We don't need to see directions to your campus anymore if we're not meeting in person. We do need to know when the next online experience is. And so rebuilding and, and restructuring your homepage to have a, a digital connection card and to have a countdown to when the next experience is. And there's a lot of great companies out there that are offering um, and I think you guys have been doing it as well that are offering uh, ways for people to stream their service, but you can, um, uh, you can, you can have a, a service on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday. I mean, you can have playbacks all week. I was watching Andy Stanley's uh, message from this past weekend and he was saying, you know, Hey, we have a 7am service. If there's parents that want to get up early and drink coffee and watch worship before their kids wake up. He said, you know, we start at 7 a.m. and then we have it every two hours throughout the day all the way up until night. Um, you, you don't have to play it just once on Sunday morning. That's, that's one of the flexibilities we get through an online experience is it doesn't have to be um, a certain time that we've always had. You can have multiple experiences throughout the week where it's, um, whatever works best for the people that tune in. Yeah, that, that's good. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Um, my, my home church, New Life, they we have uh, uh, seven different campuses, and, and pastors, all of our pastors, they preach on the same topic, but they all, you know, preach a little bit differently. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So what I have found during COVID is when we typically would go in person, and listen to, you know, the, whoever was preaching at, you know, our regular, you know, the regular service that we attended, what we did, even this weekend, we, we've watched multiple sermons because they're all on the same topic. You know, we're, we're in, um, right now we're, uh, they're preaching through Revelation. And so we had the opportunity to listen to different pastors approach, you know, the same text. And uh, it, it's interesting because, like you said, there are these opportunities for us to even, even, attend church in a way even more than maybe we have in the past because, um, you know, it's kind of more, you know, there's a higher awareness that, hey, you can listen to the sermon, you know, throughout the week, you know, or if there are different people on your staff, even if you're a smaller church and you have, you know, the youth pastor and the children's pastor and then, you know, uh, the preaching pastor all kind of preaching on the same topic, but teaching in different ways, you know, that could be three different, three different opportunities to kind of hear, you know, the same, the same message in one week. Um, and people just, you know, we weren't thinking of doing that because, you know, 
those were kind of three separate things, you know, something for the, the kids, something for our teens, and then something for maybe the adults. And now there are these additional opportunities I think churches can take advantage of and um, kind of putting things in front of people more regularly and not just being, as you said, locked into, you know, Sunday morning or, or whatever that may be. So definitely some opportunities there. Yeah, well, I actually, actually uh, consulted with New Life years ago. Uh, Brady Boyd called me up and said, come to a secret shopper and got to uh, experience you guys. And uh, it's a great, great, great church uh, that I love and uh, have loved their worship for years. Uh, love, love the worship there, but um, it's an amazing church. And um, one of the things I remember about Brady is him. Um, they had like a meet the pastor area after the service, like a guest central uh, where uh, he could talk and pray with people and uh, interact with people after the service. And so I uh, love what you guys are doing there. That's something I always look for is, is the pastor available? Yeah. Uh, can, can, can you meet with people and pray with people and greet people? And so um, love, love new life. That's awesome, brother. Greg, if a church is, as they've been listening to our conversation today, they're thinking, yeah, there, there are a lot of, a lot of um, opportunities there for us in this area of ministry. Um, what are some resources that I know you've, you've written a lot, you've, you've spent a lot of your life uh, in ministry focusing in on this, um, helping to equip churches. What are some, some resources that you'd point them to that might be helpful for them and for their team? Um, yeah, my last two books were uh, focused. I've written four books, but my last two were focused on first impressions and guest services. I wrote a book. Uh, if you find it on Amazon, it stands out because it's green and it's got a very bold look, but it's called Secrets of a Secret Shopper, where uh, I was I was thinking about um, what we talked about earlier, that most churches in North America are 200 people or less, and even if they wanted to, they don't have the budget to bring in and fly in an outside consultant. So I was talking to um, my publisher and I said, what if I just write about what I do when I do a secret shopper and tell them everything I look for. So instead of paying thousands of dollars to bring me in, they can pay 10 bucks and buy the book and secret shop their own church. And so um, it's, it's had a, 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 a lot of success. I was just looking at, um, it's rankings in Amazon in the UK and Canada and Australia, but uh, Secrets of a Secret Shopper is, is, has helped a lot of churches because you can um, kind of see how to look at your church with new eyes. And then I wrote a, uh, my latest book a year ago through, through you guys with Outreach and ChurchLeaders.com, uh, wrote the Hospitality Ministry Handbook for Volunteers. And what's unique about that was it was written or something that you could give your volunteers at your church. You could say, hey, Bob, I think you'd be a great usher. Why don't you read this book? Or, hey, Jeff, uh, you're a great reader. If you want to go to the next level, read this book. And it's um, it's very, uh, very accessible, very user-friendly, very practical, very quick, easy read. You could sit down and read it in one afternoon. But uh, uh, just a help and a, a tool. And so people go to churchleaders.com and buy it in bulk to give to their team. And then, um, uh, and then a resource that I'm very proud of, uh, we're getting ready in uh, late fall this year, November, to do our fourth First Impressions Conference. Uh, and you could just check out firstimpressionsconference.com. We, um, we have 122 speakers um, 
and a great lineup. We have New York Times bestselling authors, Rick Warren, Bob Goff, Mark Batterson. We have Kerry Newhoff back. We have Nona Jones back. We have Earl McClellan back. So we brought back people from year one that were uh, uh, favorites of people. And then we have a hundred new people that our audience has never heard before, but we're focusing on first impressions and guest services and church leadership in person and online. And then we waited a while to uh, announce this year's conference because we wanted to kind of get a lay of the land and see what was happening in our, in our world and in our country. And so we chose the theme navigating a new season. Um, you know, what's getting thrown around a lot is new normal, next normal, new normal. And I was talking with a friend of mine who's a story brand um, certified guide and a copywriter. And he said, um, he said, what do you think about uh, instead of new normal, new season? He said, you know, new season has a lot of biblical connotation of um, there's a lot of seasons in the Christian life and a lot of seasons in a church church's ministry. And so we're going to be talking about uh, everything, everything that happens uh, in this post-COVID, uh, post-quarantine. Uh, Dr. Tom Rayner speaking. He has a brand new book coming out, The Post-Quarantine Church. He's going to be speaking on that. But we're going to be talking about what we're living through right now in this COVID reality, um, navigating a new season. And so it's just firstimpressionsconference.com. But um, you can find me anywhere online at Greg Atkinson, gregatkinson.com, at Greg Atkinson on Twitter and Instagram. But um, uh, And then we have um, two Facebook groups. One's called Weekend Worship and Guest Services, and one is called Church Assimilation and Next Steps. And uh, in those Facebook groups, we talk Sunday every day. Um, we talk about the weekend experience uh, each and every day. Um, and it's a great resource for people to share uh, what they're doing at their church. And we're figuring it out together. You know, there's no pandemic experts. There's none of us that have been through this before. Um, one thing I would say um, kind of in, in closing is, um, you know, when you train volunteers, and I talk about this in the hospitality handbook that I did with Outreach, when you train volunteers, uh, you want to always start with the why. You know, Simon Sinek had the uh, famous TED Talk, uh, why, and he said people will do almost any what if they know their why. And so in training first impressions team and training people to stand in the parking lot or greeters or ushers, you want to start with the why. And in this COVID season, when you're talking to your parking team and greeters and ushers of, hey, we need you not to st stick your hand out and shake somebody's hand right now. We want to do like Craig Rochelle and Life Church talked about a touchless experience. Hey, we need you to wear a mask um, because it, it's a way of loving our neighbor and protecting the vulnerable and keeping people safe and making them feel comfortable. And so always start with the why when you train people. And then, um, and, and then uh, set, set the expectations. You know, we're, we're think, some of the things that we're talking about this year are, um, you know, people are talking about doing that touchless experience, which means we don't pass an offering plate or how do we do communion and um, having a digital connection card and digital first time guest gifts and digital bulletin. Um, so we're gonna hear this year, this year's conference from a lot of church communications people uh, that are gonna talk about uh, how to pull this off in this season. Wow, that's excellent. Lots of great resources and we will have uh, links in the show notes. 
um, for those resources that um, Greg had mentioned for those of you who are listening. So you can check that out in the show notes. Greg, um, such a joy to have you with us. Thank you for all that you're doing, how you're um, helping champion this idea of uh, first impressions, hospitality, guest services, and uh, the leadership that you're bringing to the church. And um, this year, as we've said, has been a very, very different year. And we thank you for stepping in and helping churches do this both in person and online. So thank you for being with us, brother. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. We hope you are finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast, and if so, we would appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcast so they can benefit as well. Thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send an email to podcast at churchleaders.com or connect with me on Twitter. You can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the FaithPlay app, available for both Apple and Android. So be sure to check out FaithPlay. Until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.